Good morning. Good morning. Hey, it's good to see everybody here this morning. Good crowd. Good looking people. God's people, all good looking people. Oh, do we have any birthdays this morning? We do have. Ever? Anybody else? Mitch, do you have a birthday or are you just waving? I'm waving. Oh, okay. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Anniversaries, Polly and Mike and Jim and Roxy and did I see anybody else? That's good, that's good. Happy anniversary to you, happy anniversary to you, happy anniversary, God bless you, happy anniversary to you. Uh, announcements, let's see, we have a meeting of the uh, lighting committee right after church this morning, if you want to see everybody can be there. And uh, somebody said something about a work day next Saturday. Is that right? First work day to start on the lights. Seems awfully early for that, doesn't it? It's not really the work that needs to be done. It's actually kind of late. Is it? And uh, next Monday evening will be our uh, regular monthly business meeting. We need everybody to show up to can if you're uh, interested in the workings of the... uh, Church, the physical upkeep, and what have you like. We can use your input. Anything else we need to know about Mitch? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, then, let's uh, let's praise the Lord. Let's continue to praise the Lord. Amen. By turning to number 68, stand and sing, All hail the power of Jesus' name.
169, I Need Thee Every Hour. Our Father in God, Lord, we are so blessed just to be a part of your family, to be a part of your kingdom. Lord, we were all sinners. All of us deserved and were headed to hell until we came to the cross, the place where you demonstrated your love most graciously. As you suffered in my place, you died so that I could live. You suffered so I could receive blessing. And so, Lord, we're here to honor you, to worship you. Nothing else should take our focus away. We should be centered on you, Jesus. 
So help us during this service to focus on you and your presence here amongst us and in our lives and what you do for us every moment of every day. So bless us in Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Who lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's turn to number 260 for our communion hymn, Come Share the Lord. as our meditation this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Perhaps we never thought, uh, thought of it this way, but there we can get great comfort in the way our Lord treated Judas his betrayer on the night of the Last Supper. It's comfort to know that Christ had the power to escape the cross, you know, with the 12 legion of angels 
but chose instead to be the Lamb of God. By exposing the betrayer, Christ could have, could have prevented his death, possibly, and triumphed over a secret enemy, but he didn't. It's also a comfort that while Jesus knew his betrayer, he didn't openly condemn him. Christ knew his purpose to seek and save the lost. He yet hoped for repentance from the man. It is also a comfort that in this most trying time of his life, Jesus acted consistently with mercy, even to Judas. No thought of vengeance. But make no mistake that God knows your sin, our sin. Christ still offers mercy even when there is no assurance it will be accepted. Mercy does not depend on the worthiness of the recipient, but the love of the giver. By example, we should offer mercy and forgiveness even to those we don't think will accept it. If that mercy is spurned, we should uh, imitate our Lord. Jesus didn't rage at Judas. He calls Judas his friend. May Christ be our model of patiently enduring suffering and evil. This is a virtue open to any Christian. Even when Christ was silent, his actions still spoke. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to assemble around your table, partake of these emblems representing your son's broken body and blood that was given for our remission of our sins. Be with each one of us as we partake of this and make sure our hearts are in the right manner for accepting these emblems. This will be our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a few moments and just uh, go to the Lord silently, just one-on-one. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover, Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Eat ye of it. Likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, he took it and 
giving thanks passed among them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. for Jesus. Amen. Turn to number 510.
special, would you please?
was awesome. Does anybody besides me feel blessed this morning? Ain't it good to be in the house of the Lord? You know, during the week, I had doubts as to whether I'd be here today. <laughs> Boy, this thing's aggravating. Uh, from Tuesday until yesterday, I had a bug of some kind, but Jesus killed it. Amen. <laughs> oh, well, we're moving on here in our study of the book of Matthew. And uh, this is one of the stories that a lot of people don't like necessarily but it's there for a reason it's there for a purpose every word that is written in the word of God is there for our benefit so we're in Genesis uh, Genesis Matthew 27 uh, and reading the first pericope there which goes down to verse 10 early in the morning All the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied, that's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, it is against the law to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day, or Keldama. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, 
And they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. Wow. So here, you know, if we remember what's been going on, you know, Jesus is in the upper room with the disciples. And that's when he changed things around a little bit for the Lord's Supper uh, instead of the instead of the traditional Passover, it became uh, what we just had, the Lord's Supper. And he said the things that Bob shared with us this morning as we partook. That was the first time those words were spoken. And then Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. He'd already knew it, known it. And he told him, go do what you're going to do. And then he went out to Gethsemane, to the garden, to pray. And he took Peter, James, and John closer with him. And he walked a little bit further beyond them even. And it says that he prayed so intensely that the sweat was like drops of blood. Now doctors have said that that is physically possible. There is a condition that, that can happen when you're really stressed and intense that can literally cause you to sweat blood. And that's what he was doing. What was he doing? He was battling the demons in that prayer. That's why it was so intense. It was a spiritual warfare. And as he was doing this, then the demons were surrounding him and trying to get him to not go to the cross, to not submit to God. And he was saying, Lord, if there's, Father, if there's any other way, let it be that way. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That's spiritual battle, folks. That is truly, that is spiritual battle that was taking place right then, right there. And we face the same thing day in and day out. Spiritual battle is nothing more than when you are being tempted to do something you know you shouldn't instead of doing what is right, what God says we should do. That is the essence of spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. And that's what Jesus was doing. We're told in another place that during that time, an angel came and strengthened him. He faced it in a way that we will never face because he had to go through something for us so that we would never have to because we couldn't. We could not face what he faced and then come back from it. If we all died in our sins, we would end up in hell. So he died, but as a perfect person who has never sinned and therefore he had no reason to go to hell and instead he put Satan in his place he overcame defeated death hell and the grave now 
as we move forward, we know that he told Peter he would deny him three times, and, and that took place. And then Peter went out and wept bitterly when he realized that exactly what Jesus had prophesied had been fulfilled. But now look at the difference between the response between Peter and between Judas. It says Judas felt remorse. And he even said, I have sinned against innocent blood. But instead of repenting, he went and hanged himself. He never repented, folks. He felt bad about it, but he did not repent. He didn't even take time to repent. He immediately went out and hanged himself. He felt so distraught. Now, folks, I want to tell you, that is what a, that's what a demon will do to you if you allow them. A demon makes you feel like your life is worthless, that you have no purpose in this life, that you have no reason to live. I have been in the clutches of those demons before, and I was this close to taking my life when the Lord hugged me and spoke in my ear I love you and that stopped it to know that I was loved by God I felt like no one else did at the moment but God did and that's enough that's enough that's all we need right that's all we need when Jesus loves you it don't matter if anybody else does or not Because he's the one we'll stand before on that day. He's the one who will judge us according to our acts, our deeds, and our faith. Not everybody else. You know, it amazes me at how many people get so caught up in this social media garbage. Oh, I have 10,000 people who like me. Oh, yeah? Do you know any of them? Well, my kids, (laughs) my brother, my sister. Yeah, so the rest of these people, where do they live? Oh, they're all over the world. Oh, yeah, they're all over the world. So you're world-renowned, famous, right? Yes, I am. Okay, ask them to come and help you (laughs) next time you're in need. See how well they like you. Better yet, post on there that you love Jesus (laughs) and see how many of them like you then. You know, we seem to thrive on other people's opinions of us. When you die, do you really think what those other people think? is going to influence Jesus' decision? Somehow, I don't think so. Here we have, all of this had happened just like Jesus said it would. Peter wept bitterly, and then later he was restored. Judas, on the other hand, when he realized 
what he had done. Now, it wasn't like that he really felt like Jesus is the Messiah. He still, I don't think, ever believed that. But he realized, hey, this guy's never done anything wrong. He's never done anything bad. Why did I do this? Well, probably because you were manipulated by the demons. <laughs> demons come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And that's what they do, folks, if you let them. But we have authority over them to not allow them to do that. But only when we are living in a life of obedience to Christ. Otherwise, we have no authority. <laughs> if we're living like the devil... And then try to tell the devil to go away. Sorry, ain't happening. He's just going to laugh at you. He's just going to say, no, you're mine. (laughs) You gave your right up to your authority from Jesus when you decided that you were going to do this or that or the other. Now, Judas did, as we said, he did feel remorse. But, you know, (laughs) the thing about remorse is, unless it leads to repentance, it has very little significance. We're told in other places in the Bible that, you know, people were... uh, they felt bad, they felt remorse up unto repentance. And that was a godly remorse. This is just a worldly remorse. This is just, well, I really feel bad that I did this thing. Not like Peter who wept bitterly. He was broken. His heart was broken. His spirit was broken because he realized that what Jesus had said, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And then he realized that's exactly what he did. He didn't mean to. He didn't want to. But the situation was so intense and he had so much fear of the people, of what was going on at the time. He didn't want to end up in the trial with Jesus. And so he's, I don't know the man. Three times. And it broke him when he realized what he had done. In another of the Gospels, we're told that at the moment the rooster crowed, Jesus looked Peter right in the face. Wow, can you imagine the realization? At the same time, Jesus looking you right in the face. How many times have we been caught in some sin and realized Jesus was looking right at us? And it breaks us to realize what we had done. How we allowed ourselves to be influenced to do something wrong something that we knew we shouldn't have done but we got caught up in the moment we got caught up in the in in the movement of other people or whatever and the next thing you know here boom 
the rooster crows, <laughs> so to speak. And Jesus looks at us. It's like, what have I done? What have I done? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing this? Now, the devil will try to persuade you the way that he did Judas. That because you sin, now you're worthless. Now you're no good to Jesus. Now you ought to just go out and hang yourself or commit suicide some other way. That would be the ultimate thing for the devil is to get us to take our life. Why? Because then we won't be a challenge to him anymore. (laughs) Every blood-bought Christian is a challenge to the devil. Every one of us, folks. He fears you. He fears me. When we pray, when we do what's right, when we obey Jesus... The devil is scared of you. He does not want us to use that authority that Jesus gave us because every time we do it weakens his stance as the enemy. You know, I think often we we misunderstand the word of God Because often we think we're doing good if we're just standing our ground. But the Bible teaches that we're not just to stand our ground. We're to take new ground. That's what happens when you share the gospel with somebody and they receive Jesus. You've just taken more ground from the enemy. And you just ticked him off a little more. And there's absolutely nothing he can do about it as long as you stand true to Jesus. As long as you stand up. and when he, Because I guarantee you, when you do that, he is going to challenge you. He is going to come and try to convince you that this is wrong, that's wrong, they didn't really give their life to Jesus, blah, 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 on and on and on. He goes with his lies. And the only way that he has any authority over us is when we agree. When we listen to him and start to agree. Well, yeah, I don't know. They may not have really given their life to Jesus. You might be right. Uh, I better... No, folks. Jesus has got that part covered. We did our part when we delivered the message. When they received and prayed, the rest of us between them and God. We are to oversee that that person continues to grow. To mentor them into faith. To help them to grow. To help them to know about the spiritual warfare that takes place around them all the time. And how to overcome. How to be an overcomer. You see... Judas was not an overcomer because Judas did not truly put his faith in Jesus to begin with. He was one who expected Jesus was going to be, if he was truly the Messiah, he was going to take control of the armies. He was going to lead the armies and he was going to overcome the Romans and he was going to conquer all of the kingdom of David and bring it back and even bigger. But when he found out that Jesus wasn't had no plans to do that, but rather that he was talking about how he was going to die, he's like, 
Well, you're not him then. You're not him. You can't be the Messiah because you're not going to take back the kingdom. You see, it may not say that in those words, but that's what's implied. Judas, even though he didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah, he did believe that he was an innocent person that did not deserve to die. That's why he brought the 30 pieces of silver back. But he didn't know. But even in that act, he was fulfilling prophecy that had been given 700, 800 years prior. The very fact that he brought the 30 pieces of silver. The 30 pieces of silver was named in the prophets of old. That number is what the Savior would be found to be worth. Now, I've read different accounts, but... Most people say that that 30 pieces of silver would have been the average cost of a slave. If you were purchasing a slave in the market, 30 pieces of silver would have been an average price. So Jesus was purchased for the price of a slave. And then that money was returned. Now, what do you think about these Holy rollers here in, in, in the uh, church leadership. Here he brings the money back and he, he says, I've betrayed innocent blood. And they say, what's that to us? <laughs> I mean, you talk about cold. Wow. They could care less about his soul. They could care less about what happens to him. They offered him no Solution, no comfort at all. They just put it right back on him. You know, it's, it's like, we don't care. That's your problem. That's your problem. You deal with that. We've got our own problems to deal with. We've got to figure out how to get Jesus up on the cross. And then when he threw the money and the priest picked it up, And the statement they make, just mind-boggling. It is against the law to put this money into the treasury since it's blood money. (laughs) You know, common sense would say, uh, let's see, blood money. I gave it to the person to deliver this other person. So I'm guilty by association of this crime. That's where the blood money came from. It came from my pocket to begin with. But somehow, they didn't see that. Somehow, they didn't connect the dots. That's how far from being godly and spiritual these spiritual leaders were. They couldn't even recognize their own sin. All they were focused on was getting rid of Jesus. Regardless, doesn't matter if I have to send to do it. We're going to get rid of him. He's been stealing all of our people. He's been getting too much attention. He's, he's been teaching things that we don't agree with. We're going to have him hanged 
on the cross. We're going to get rid of him. And that's, that's all they could focus on. So they decided, since that money was blood money, to buy a field, the potter's field, to bury foreigners in. <laughs> I don't know about you, but to me that's just so cold. No care, no concern of any kind about other people's souls. But isn't that the way of the Pharisees? I'm so much better than you. Lord, you know that I tithe. You know that I'm not like this person. I'm not like the rest of them. I'm better. (laughs) Well... They may have thought they were better. I'm not sure that the Lord would agree. You see, sometimes we may think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. You ever been guilty of that? Have you ever been guilty of thinking you're better than you really are? I've been guilty of that a lot. Just to be honest, I mean, you know, I like to think I'm a pretty decent guy. I like to think that, you know, I don't have a lot of faults. And But then something happens and I get angry. <laughs> and I express things that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and then I have to apologize. And that groveling and humble feeling is not great. <laughs> But it's necessary. You know, all of this, all of these things that happened leading up to the Lord giving his life for us. They're all important. They're all significant. Even this one incident where Judas, the betrayer, hanged himself. There's an underlying lesson there for anyone who is a would-be betrayer of Jesus. If we turn our backs on the Lord, the devil will have his way with us. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we deny him in any way, And we don't immediately confess and repent. The devil will play havoc with our mind. And our life. So we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard our minds by putting on the full armor of God. We just sang that in the song. Put on the full armor of God. Put it on with prayer. Every piece. Folks, we need to be busy learning more about God. Spending time in this word every day. Spending time in prayer every day. We talk to God in prayer. We listen to him and his word. And if you want to be successful in the spiritual battle that's going on in your life, You need orders from above. And this is the only way to get them, folks. Is through reading the word 
and praying. If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord. Come as we sing, Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 364, The Savior is Waiting. Let's stand and sing. God is good. 